and we're live. Hey, Lydia. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Um, hi, everybody. I'm a little um, low energy tonight. I've uh, been sick this weekend, so forgive me. I'm a little tired, but um, I hope all you guys' weeks went well. Lydia, how was yours? had a good week like i'm working on content uh for my company and my website and my youtube channel so i'm really happy that i've been making progress on that and it's turning out that like my content is going to be pretty in-depth pretty comprehensive so uh i'm really excited about it and i'm really glad that i'm, I'm moving now moving i'm moving forward. towards that yeah that's awesome I can't wait to see what you are coming out with and stuff. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, my week was a little bit trying. Uh, lots of forgiveness lessons. <laughs> As usual, this week a little more than normal. And Tell us about it. it. Ended with me ending up sick. And I think it was all a, kind of a result of my week. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know how sometimes certain problems or challenges come up and we, we immediately start to judge and everything. And it, it took me a while to kind of correct myself mm -hmm. you know what I mean? and it, it's, it's kind of thinking back to, I had to kind of remind myself of what we talked about last week, like this means nothing mm -hmm. because the world oh. means nothing. But, you know, at the time in the moment, it means everything because we give all these judgments and stories, you know, about what's happening. And, mm -hmm. and so I had probably from Thursday through, well, Monday was kind of bad. Tuesday, Wednesday, I was okay. And then Thursday through Yesterday, when I ended up sick, dealing with all of that. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, last night while I was sick, um, before I started vomiting and all that stuff, um, I was just laying in bed and was in a lot of pain. My stomach hurt and um, it was just really painful. And I started using the... Um, Hopanu Panu technique. Yeah. If I'm saying that right, y'all know. Uh. I never know how to pronounce it. And um, I did that. I did that. I did that for like an hour, just over and over and over again. And I was actually saying it out loud. And um, after about an hour, I started throwing up. <laughs> oh, wow. And I mean, it all came up like so I symbolic. Didn't have time to react. Like I jumped out of bed and I was running. And, you know, don't want to gross you guys out, but I'm trying to, you know, cup it in my hands till I can get to the bathroom. And I mean, it all came out, everything, everything, everything. But then, too, even though I felt weak and tired and was hot, uh, I immediately felt better. I immediately felt some relief. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of symbolic of yeah. everything I had been holding on to uh, during the week finally being released. Mm -hmm. 
like the physical manifestation of the release. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sounds like your mind has been wrestling with something. Yeah, still is probably, but I'm yeah. gonna continue to clean, as they say, the hopanu panu. And it's funny because most of the week when I was going through some of my challenges, I didn't even remember to do it. Mm-hmm. I think. Friday is the first time I'm like, oh, yeah, why haven't I been doing this? And then I was having computer issues. I don't want to talk about too much because I'm good now. But I've been doing Hopanupanu on my computer all day. And then mm-hmm. right before our broadcast, it came on. It was working. So I just have to remind myself to clean it. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm going to do, I decide I have... Um, colorful index cards around here somewhere that I use for like my writing and uh, I said I'm going to write it out I love you I'm sorry please forgive me thank you on a bunch of different index cards and then Mm -hmm. just put them all around my house as a reminder Uh uh-huh you know so I see it throughout the day and I'm like I need to clean like when anything comes up just until I get into the habit where it's just so automatic for me to even go there. So that's that was my week. And let me tell you, I just remember now how you use whole Ono Ono. I've been using like that that quote that we discussed, I think, last week from A Course in Miracles, and I actually put it on my IG, guys. I'm at the Truest North. Okay, so I just want to, like, I put it I put it on my IG, and then I took, took it and made it my screensaver on my phone so I won't forget to repeat this, to repeat this to myself whenever I like want to judge something whenever I get angry at something. And it's this part of A Course in Miracles. I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. Mm. And, you know, A Course in Miracles goes on to say, yet in this learning is salvation born. And what you are will tell you of itself. So that whole thing, I do not know the thing I am and therefore do not know what I am doing, where I am, or how to look upon the world or on myself. Like how you use Ho'opo Ono Ono, that sort of brings me back, snap, snaps me out of using my ego mind and my judgments and like the tornado, the emotional and mental tornado I, I create when I do that, it sort of snaps me out of that and brings me back to to presence. To what you know. Yeah. I, I read this quote and um, it's from Gary Renard's uh, book, um, The Lifetimes, where uh, Jesus and Buddha knew each other. So- oh, did you start reading that? Not yet. I was reading some of the things online, but I haven't gotten Uh it yet. But I want to get it next. But right now, I want to reread Disappearance of the Universe and uh, Your Immortal Reality. I want to reread those first because it's been Mm -hmm. years. And then I'm going to go ahead and get it. Right. But um, the quote, it was Persa saying it. He's like, the body is outside me and not my concern. 
I would not mm. react at all to a figure in the dream. I knew I was dreaming. So why react to my own body? It's not what I am. I'm not in it. It's just a figure in a dream. And now that I know I'm dreaming, I don't have to let it affect me. If I'm not in a body, I'm not really feeling pain. I'm just dreaming that I'm feeling pain. I don't have to make it real. What I really am is completely innocent. God loves me and will care of me forever. So I read that to myself also a couple times last night. Um, when I was dreaming, I was in pain. <laughs> and uh, that along with the Hopanu Panu. Guys, we're going to get this word down by next week. Okay, that's my whole work for the week. We're going we gonna to get the word down. But that along with that, I think, helped me to eventually feel better. Yeah, you know, Course in Miracles is really, like, advanced. It's an advanced spiritual teaching. Well, you were just reading, like, it is really the end of the line as far as spirituality goes. And I think I've said this before, but, like, it is the relinquishment of the body, of everything that we think we are. And everything, I, and, and, and that not is just the stuff that we don't like, because that would be easy to let go. But even of the things that we hold dear, oh yeah, or that we think we love, oh yeah. And I, I love. It's a Ken Wapman quote. I can't remember if it's from a book or a lecture or what, but he was talking about. And I'm, I'm not getting the quote exactly, but he's like, kind of, if you are happy in the world, if you're happy. Mm -hmm. And of course, the miracles is not for you. And I remember because you're still invested in the game and the right. Dream. And I that was very profound for me because all my life I just wanted to be happy, you know, or what you know what I thought would make me happy. But even then, because then the things that you love and hold dear will be hard for you to accept. It's mm -hmm. part of the illusion. Mm -hmm. so yeah so what did you want to talk about tonight uh, well you know what I've been really thinking about uh, for like the past few days is how to activate spiritual sight and see beyond the on the error of misperception and you know, what sort of brought this on is like my realization of how people, including me, most people do this, except, you know, for enlightened masters, I guess. Like when someone does not see things the way we do, we like get so threatened and then we, we want to fight for our belief system. You've and seen it's that so a lot hard. This week, politically yes. too. As well, that's really with that's all the Kavanaugh stuff going on. There's been a lot of people back and forth over over that. You see it like politics is one of the the best examples, and um, yeah, with the whole Kavanaugh thing and how like people get so threatened when. And, and and I've experienced this too. It's like, what you don't agree with me, or no, that's not right. You get this like righteous indignation when and somebody only, doesn't agree with your only, perspective. Yeah, not only that, but if 
you don't agree with me, you're a bad person. Yes, yes. That it's okay to do something bad or, you know what I mean? Yes, like it reinforces the separation. Absolutely. And I get to be the innocent victim while you are the guilty one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you are in those situations, it is so it's difficult to remember the words of A Course in Miracles because oh, yeah. it seems so re- so real. We make it so real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is this one uh, passage in A Course in Miracles. I'm going to read it here. It's actually in chapter six of the text. Uh Part five, lesson B, the first paragraph. And according to uh, my Kindle version, it says this is page 104 of the actual uh, me, book. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me grab my book because I forgot to grab it off the shelf. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff, guys. What I love about this passage is A Course in Miracles Jesus breaks down why we are so threatened by a thought system that does not match ours, that does not match our own. Okay. What section are we in? Okay. So it says it's on page 104, uh, lesson B. Do you see that? Let me know. So in my book, the lesson B, the to have peace, teach peace to learn it, that one. Hold on. Are you, you're in chapter six? Yes, in chapter six. Chapter six of the text, part five. And then there's a lesson A and then a lesson B. To have peace, teach peace to learn it. So my lesson B, if you guys have the combined volume, my lesson B is on page 106. Okay. And then in the first paragraph, it should say, what you must recognize. No. (laughs) That's not it. Lesson part five, lesson B. Chapter six, part five, lesson B. I don't know. I have first paragraph. Maybe I'm wrong. There's one part. First paragraph is all who believe in separation have a basic fear of retaliation. Yeah, it's around there somewhere. I'm not looking directly at the text. Oh, okay. Ours might be a little different since you have the electronic version. So this is helpful to you guys because some of you might be reading the electronic version. Some of you might be reading the physical copy. So if you're reading um, the electronic version, just follow Lydia's page directions. And if you're reading the combined volume where oh, the yeah, text, it. workbook, and manual are all together, and you follow my pages. No, it's in part B. You see part B, right? Yep. All who believe in separation have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. They believe in attack and rejection. So that is what they perceive and teach and learn. These insane ideas are clearly the result of dissociation and projection. What you teach you are, but it is quite apparent that you can teach wrongly and can therefore teach yourself wrong. Many thought I was attacking them, even though it was apparent I was not. 
An insane learner learns strange lessons. What you must recognize is that when you do not share a thought system, you are weakening it. Those who believe in it therefore perceive this as an attack on them. This is because everyone identifies himself with his thought system and every thought system centers on what you believe you are. If the center of the thought system is true, only truth extends from it. But if a lie is at its center, only deception proceeds from it. Mm. So, yeah, um, when you disagree with someone else's thought, thought system or, you know, what we experience when someone disagrees with our thought system, that's an attack on what I believe myself to be. Uh, and so it's like a threat that the separation, that what I think I am, the separate entity is not true. And of course, we want to believe the ego story that we successfully uh, separated from God and, and destroyed heaven. So my whole thing was, you know, when I'm in the moment, when I'm experiencing this uh, anxiety, the anxiety and discomfort that this this brings up, how do I look beyond it? How do I like? How do I see beyond it? How do I activate this spiritual sight? You so mean now right in the moment, like in the moment about it later, in the moment, right. yeah. So. Now I'm going to go, and I want you to join me, Bria, and uh, watchers. Chapter two of the text, part five, and it says it's page 23. Um, oh, actually, it's page 24, uh, paragraph seven. Corrective learning. The paragraph seven in the physical book is page 26. Okay. Does it say corrective learning? Yep. Corrective okay. learning always begins with the awakening of spirit and the turning away from the belief in physical sight. Mm-hmm. This often, you want me to keep reading or? Uh, yeah, uh, you can actually go because I, I was going to read all of this because it all pertains to what uh like to this is Jesus giving us telling us how to like see the truth in that moment. And actually, if you could go to the end of that chapter after or go like go to part A, special principles of miracle workers. So go up to paragraph ten. Okay. Corrective learning always begins with the awakening of spirit and the turning away from the belief in physical sight. This often entails fear because you are afraid of what your spiritual sight will show you. I said before that the Holy Spirit cannot see error and is capable only of looking beyond it to the defense of atonement. There is no doubt that this may produce discomfort, yet the discomfort is not the final outcome of the perception. When the Holy Spirit is permitted to look upon the defilement of the altar, he also looks immediately toward the atonement. Nothing he perceives can induce fear. Everything that results from spiritual awareness is merely channelized toward correction. Discomfort is aroused 
only to bring the need for correction into awareness. Ooh, that is really profound. <laughs> it is. It is. And remember, guys, we think we destroyed heaven. And so we, like the reason that we created the world, which is just a veil, is to hide what we did and to hide ourselves from God. So that's what he's talking about when he when Jesus speaks on the defiles altar. We don't want to see it. So we projected it out away from ourselves. And then like it split off into a million pieces, which is the world, the veil of the world. So what we're looking at when we get upset, what we're really looking at when we get upset with something else or someone else that's outside in the in the world, like that's really covering our own defiled altar. Yeah. And so that discomfort that we feel like we shouldn't turn away from it, then choose the ego mind and make the world real and get angry and, and blind to it and start blaming the projection. Like that discomfort, when you feel that, what you have to do is you have to go deeper into it mm. and look, truly look at what is being, uh, what, what is really there. So this is like when we choose to see with the Holy Spirit. So if you could go on, Bria. Really quick, I wanted to say, it's a part in the course, I think we talked about it last week too, that I'm never upset for the reason I think I am. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. goes right along with that. Yes, it does. Section eight now. The fear of healing arises in the end from an unwillingness to accept unequivocally that healing is necessary. What the physical eye sees is not corrective, nor can error be corrected by any device that can be seen physically. As long as you believe in what your physical sight tells you, your attempts at correction will be misdirected. The real vision is obscured because you cannot endure to see your own defiled altar. But since the altar has been defiled, your state becomes doubly dangerous unless it is perceived. And now this is Jesus telling us that the body's eyes do not see truth. Like we created the body so that we would not see. And so anything and everything you see with your physical eyes is not the truth. Oh my God, how powerful. It is. The body yeah. is an instrument, it just, it's just an instrument of a perception mm -hmm. as opposed to knowledge. We yeah. made the body. And you know, if you like delve into science and how the senses work, like I, th I think there was something that I saw that said we only like perceive like 0.5% of light or whatever mm -hmm. with the, with the eyes. So we're not seeing even like the full fake picture. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even seeing the full fake picture. The yeah. body's eyes, like just allow a tiny percentage of what is, what is out there like to be filtered uh, through, through its senses so that we can perceive it. So. Yeah, that's virtual we... reality, virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, so section nine, healing is an ability that developed after the separation before which it was unnecessary. Like all aspects of the belief in space and time, it is temporary 
However, as long as time persists, healing is needed as a means of protection. This is because healing rests on charity and charity is a way of perceiving the perfection of another, even if you cannot perceive it in yourself. Ooh. Ah, I know. Most of the loftier concepts of which you are capable now are time dependent. Cherry, charity is really a weaker reflection of a much more powerful love encompassment that is far beyond any form of charity you can conceive of as yet. Charity is essential to right-mindedness in the limited sense in which it can now be attained. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Section 10. Charity is a way of looking at another as if he had already gone far beyond his actual accomplishments in time. Since his own thinking is faulty, he cannot see the atonement for himself or he would have no need for charity. The charity that is accorded him is both an acknowledgement that he needs help and a recognition that he will accept it. Both of these perceptions clearly imply their dependence on time, making it apparent that charity still lies within the limitations of this world. I said before that only revelation transcends time. The miracle as an expression of charity can only shorten it. It must be understood, however, that whenever you offer a miracle to another, you are shortening the suffering of both of you. This corrects retroactively as well as progressively. I yes. So here, you know, Jesus tells us that you have to go beyond form and time and space and... and like see like as a form of charity see your brother as he really is you know not with the body's eyes but to look beyond him to his spiritual, being to his spiritual state the pure spirit that he is and you know this is what love. yeah this is what this is what Jesus did Mm -hmm. uh, when he was here, like he did not see them as they thought they were. Which he is why he was always attacked yeah. for hanging out with criminals or prostitutes or, you know, whatever people perceived other people as yeah. being in their judgments. He just saw everyone with unconditional love in their true spiritual form. He could see beyond the form mm -hmm. to what they really were. And so um, that's what A Course in Miracle, like he went beyond time and space. So it's it, like when A Course in Miracle says the miracle collapses time, it takes you both. It, 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 it collapses time. It, it, I, it takes you beyond this little speck of time and space and misperception. Um, of what the ego tells you your brother is. And so that, you know, that's what we're called to do. That's how we awaken because it's in forgiving others that we learn that we are forgiven. Because, of course, there's only one and they are us. So when you offer that miracle to your brother, you offer it to yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, I thought that was a great tip from Jesus. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> like when you're in that situation and you feel that 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 discomfort and Jesus says like there's no there's no hierarchy of illusions. Um like a, a pure raging anger is the same as like annoyance really. They're both right. the same thing. And uh, so when you feel that, when you feel, whether it be a little annoyance or just pure anger, don't turn away from that. Like go deeper into that. It's funny because this week I, I went through that. Uh-huh. Um, you got to look Friday, at it. Friday. And this one I started doing a Panu Panu because it is um, a woman in an, a group that I'm in. On Facebook, and she irritates my soul. <laughs> she irritates my soul, and it's you know that phrase. There's no such thing as a dumb question. I want to tell her there are tons of dumb questions, and you ask every one of them. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, and so I I started Friday, uh, doing. Papanu Panu on because I was like, okay, wait a minute. If it's in my awareness, I projected it. And then mm -hmm. I started to clean. And then I started to think differently about because I I was judging her for kind of always needing her hand held through everything. Mm -hmm. And after all of that cleaning, I'm like, wow, I can't imagine what she has dreamed has happened to her in her past that makes her so unsure of herself and lack mm -hmm. confidence and and so i got to look at her completely different after being mm -hmm. annoyed by her for weeks it's mm -hmm. been weeks and now i just feel like love and compassion for mm -hmm. her. and i don't mm -hmm. know if that will always hold because tomorrow she could post something and i'll be like oh but go but deeper I, I can, into it yes because what because what that is is that's the ego telling you that that altar has been defiled yes and it doesn't want you to look at it but when you go deeper into it the holy spirit is able and you choose to look at it with the holy spirit then the holy spirit does not it tells us the holy spirit does not see error and so yeah. he shows you perfection that that perfection that spirit is still there you're still perfect you're still spirit and so um and it, the you know that's the healing being for myself because you know if it's in your awareness you projected it and it started making me think about my own lack of confidence and unsurety and certain areas of my life mm -hmm. and yes i may project it differently so to speak, but it's still the same stuff. Yeah. And in that, yeah. she's no different from me, even though I tried to make her different from me because I was quote unquote irritated by her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was very, that was very good for me to experience that and then become aware of what I was doing and, and to kind of work on cleaning and cleaning it to hopefully heal us both. Yeah. So that's the activation, like how to activate that spiritual sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? We don't see anything that, that's really there. <laughs> it's all fake anyway. Yeah. 
And that's what I keep reminding myself. Like when I perceive problems or annoyances, Mm -hmm. I'm getting mad about stuff that's not real. That's like people who watch TV and get mad about what they see in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. We do that with real life and it's the same Mm -hmm. thing. It's all made up. It's like, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. all an illusion anyway. So having all those emotions and reactions and everything, you know, go into a movie we're watching is just as, you know, pointless as when we do it in what we think is quote unquote real life. Yeah. And there's another part of the course. There's another part of the course where Jesus says that like even if a person can't accept your forgiveness at that point in time, then it is held for them until they are able to accept it. There um, was one part of the course I wanted to read tonight that kind of goes into okay. it a little bit. It's in the text. This is page 30. might be chapter 30. I'll find it. I didn't write it down. There is no shorter proof idolatry is what you wish than a belief that there are some forms of sickness and of joylessness forgiveness cannot heal. This means that you prefer to keep some idols and are not prepared as yet to let all idols go. And thus, you think that some appearances are real and not appearances at all. Be not deceived about the meaning of a fixed belief that some appearances are harder to look past than others. It always means you think forgiveness must be limited. And you have set a goal of partial pardon and a limited escape from guilt for you. What can this be except a false forgiveness of yourself and everyone who seems apart from you? So that quote spoke to me this week with Mm -hmm. everything we were learning uh, or we were seeing uh, with the whole political climate and everything, (laughs) stuff like that. It just reminded me like, cause even I was getting, Triggered. Yes, I was getting some emotion (laughs) behind it. Even as recently as today, I watched something and then I had to remember it's all an illusion equally. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. and and this really spoke to me because if if I say such and such can't be forgiven, that means I'm saying that some things are worse than others or Mm -hmm. different than others or more harder to forgive than others. But the thing is, if it's all an illusion, it's all an illusion. It doesn't matter anyway. And I kept going back to, it means nothing. The world means nothing because it is real. Yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, that that great advice that Jesus gives us about judgment. Mm-hmm. And how we couldn't possibly have enough information to judge anyway. Especially with our we, eyes only seeing 0.5% of everything that's going on in the fakeness anyway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. 
So we didn't do a meditation tonight. I don't know. Do you still uh, want to do one? Or? Yeah, sure, sure. All right. And also, let me just say, that reminds me of a quote um, that says, you know, our biggest blessings in life often come disguised as our worst nightmares. So the things that we are the most frightened of um, tend to be like the pathways to freedom. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So I was going to pick another one of U.S. Anderson's meditations mm -hmm. from Three Magic Words, if that's good with you. That's good with me. Uh, pick a number one through ten. <laughs> Five. That's my lucky number. You know, it's funny. That's what? the one I opened. <laughs> See, we're here. That's why you're my sister. Uh -huh. I listen to the voice of the universe as it speaks within me. It is the voice of truth and it guides me unerringly along the paths of my life. Somewhere deep within me and the perfect bud of my soul. There stands an immobile universe where all things and all law lie revealed. I reach within to this place of peace and quietness. I hearken to the voice of my heart. I close my eyes and sense a living, breathing universe dwelling within me and I dwelling in it. I am one with all people and all life and all things. I move in accordance with divine law. All the limitless power of creation is mine to draw upon, for it is in me and one with me, and I am a part of it. The answer comes with the question. The path is lighted with the first step. The way is cleared with the looking. The goal is in sight with the desire. I know that I am fulfilling the fonds, wish of God, the fondest wish of God, where I place myself in his hands, taking each step of my life boldly and strongly, for it is God who prompts me and God moves with sureness. I see tomorrow for I know today and this day is father of tomorrow. The things of my life are the children of my thoughts and my thoughts of today are even now hearing the children of tomorrow. All that is good I desire all that is evil, I refuse to accept. By attaining, I do not deprive. All that is and ever will be is available to every man. He need only ask and it shall be given. I bind myself to the power for good that surges heavenward and all around me. The limits and inhibitions of my past are gone. Each day is a new birth of my soul. Each day is a number another step on Ray's journey to want to a oneness with God. I do not seek. I know. I do not strive. I am guided. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love all his meditations. And we don't, we, if we let go and just let things happen, we will be guided. Yeah. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. Things just happen. They just happen without the resistance, the attachment. Yeah. I, I, I was watching uh, Dr. Joe Vitale earlier. Mm -hmm. He was doing a lecture talking about Hopanupanu. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And he's, he learned from Dr. Hewlin. Like, Dr. Hewlin would never prepare for a workshop or a class. And Dr. Joe used to keep asking him, what are we going to talk about? He's like, let's just see what comes up. Like, <laughs> And so now Dr. Um, Joe does that. Like, anytime he gives a lecture or anything, he never gives him a topic because he says he never knows what he's going to speak about until he starts speaking. Like, he's just clean. He just cleans. Hopanupano. And that's that trust and that guidance, you know, that you just follow. Yeah. That is actually a quote and a, uh, there's actually a quote in A Course in Miracles that I just found um, that speaks to that. You reminded me of that. It mm -hmm. says, uh, a healed mind does not plan. It's around page 935, guys. Let me just, of the text, let me just read this. A healed mind does not plan. It carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom that is not its own. It waits until it has been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it. It does not depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plans assigned to it. It is secure in certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater greater plan established for the good of everyone. Is that that's so, in yeah. less than one thirty five, right? Less than one thirty five. If I defend myself, I am attacked. Woo! That's that's a whole. Uh, so God is us, yeah, because for the book, our page numbers start over when we get to the workbook. So I, I oh, just it's the workbook. Give, okay. Yeah, it's one of the lessons. So That's I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all the page it is in the physical book. It is. It's a long lesson too. It's page two fifty two of the workbook, guys, if you have the physical book. And the lesson's entitled, If I Defend Myself, I Am Attacked. Uh, it goes on to say that planning is a form of defense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because they, the world will have you think for productivity and for everything else, <laughs> you have to plan everything. Enslavement of the body to the plans the unhealed mind sets up to save itself must make the body sick. It is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own protection and which needs its service for a little while. In this capacity is health assured. For everything the mind employs for this will function flawlessly and with the strength that has been given it and cannot fail. Mm -hmm. It is perhaps, one more paragraph, it is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are but defenses with the purpose all of them were made to realize. They are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth. This is not difficult to realize in some forms which these self-deceptions take, where the denial of reality is very obvious, yet planning is not often recognized as defense. Mm 
never. It's it's looked at as preparation and being prepared. Oh my gosh, listen to this. The next paragraph. The mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings. It does not think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. Mm -hmm. Time becomes a future emphasis to be controlled by learning and experience obtained from past events and previous beliefs. It overlooks the present for it rests on the idea that the past has taught enough to let the mind direct its future course. Woo! <laughs> Too much truth! Planning in itself is rooted in fear. Yes. Yes. yes fear yes. of not being be provided for. Fear of lack. Yes. Absolutely. Fear, I guess fear that comes from lack. I don't know. And guys, again, that's the workbook lesson 135. It's like sections 11 through 15. Powerful. Yes, so powerful. <laughs> I ain't planning no more. <laughs> oh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? That's it. All right, guys. So um, same time next week. It seems I think um, we we may change the time or the day in the future, but right now uh, Sundays at seven p.m. And if we do change anything, we'll uh, let you guys know in the group. Again, um, if you are interested in joining us in the Facebook group, it's facebook.com/groups/returningtolove/show. Uh, um, if you want to email us, if you have any questions or comments, it's returning to love show at gmail.com. So we hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye guys. Love you. Hey, this is Bria again. That was our show for tonight. Really hope you enjoyed. Again, I just wanted to give you guys the Facebook group name. If you want to join, it's Returning to Love Show. You can search for that or go to facebook.com slash group slash Returning to Love Show. And you guys can find us there. And again, all week we'll be posting in there things related to A Course in Miracles. And then we do our live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. If you do, please consider rating us and sharing us with your friends. And hopefully we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot.